Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Oh, I accidentally hit the record button. Well, you know what? That's how we're starting the show. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Bantering the Blue Shirts Early Edition. 7.36 on Monday. Joe was recovering from a bachelor party, so he was not at work today. And you know what? What better time to do our 2018-2019 season preview than right now? We have final rosters. We have some questions about things. We have some other things to talk about. There's a lot going on. There's a whole lot I'm joined by Mike, by the way. There's a whole yeah. No Joe last What's up, Mike? week. Uh, it was, it was no, thank you, Mike and Connor, for covering on the show. Um, Connor just covering my ass for the second time, and I think uh, I think he did that last time too during the the draft, the lottery. Yeah, he was there for the, the lottery. yeah the lottery. So um, yeah, Connor, you just can just call him Joe if you want to. He's there. He's little Joe now. He's p- part of this. Yeah, that's all it is. That's it. Um, all right, we really do have a lot to talk about. Uh, do you want to – let's start with final rosters. Let's yeah, start with final rosters. The I Rangers are keeping 23 people, which I think we all kind of assumed. Mm-hmm. They're keeping an extra forward and two extra defensemen. I don't want to talk about the Anderson thing yet. We'll get to that. Uh, any surprises as to who they kept on this list, Mike? I, I think I would call – Howden a pleasant surprise um, I'm very happy he's there um, just because I feel like that's that's the sort of thing we want to see as a kid getting a chance like this when um, you know there is an injury and I think a big question I think we all have is what the hell happens when Matt Bleski is healthy I mean does does Howden go down does just Vinny Letieri go down or, or what's going to happen but in terms of surprises I kind of felt like the center, the center problem was so tricky, specifically with Heedle and Anderson, that having Anderson in, in Hartford is not the end of the world. And, uh, you know, I know we said we would get to that in a minute, but there's no, like, as bad as Jimmy VC was, I didn't think he was going to get put on waivers. And, you know, I don't think that's, that's much of a statement to say that. I just don't think it was going to happen. Pionk and D'Angelo both played like they belonged and they should have stuck around. And yeah, I mean, Georgiev was definitely the guy who earned that backup role. Um, I wrote a little bit about that and he had, you know, kind of unremarkable start in preseason, but he had a really strong finish. And yeah, I feel like it's, it's kind of the group we more or less expected with maybe Howden being kind of the you know, surprise, and then Latieri because of the Bleski injury, and it's like, oh, okay, so we get to look at a couple of kids longer than we probably would have. Howden is definitely my biggest surprise. I, I don't think Anderson getting sent down is a surprise. I, I don't think the Rangers keeping VC up is a surprise. I don't think McLeod making the team is a surprise. I'm a little disappointed, but not 
again, surprised that the Rangers are still keeping eight defensemen. Um, although I'm not sure what else they could have done, all things considered. And I'll, I'll get to that point in a minute. Yeah, Howden making the team is the 4C. You know, it's interesting because the Rangers have absolutely banged on the door of this is a top nine kid. We expect him to be in the top nine. We expect him to be a very, very good center. And I'm not saying that him making the team doesn't say that, but it was clear that the Rangers had a decision to make as to which player's development as a number one center was more important. And it's Anderson. And it has to be Anderson. It can't not be. be. Howden is a little bit older. Um, Howden and Anderson probably have. There's a little bit of a difference here because... Howden has a lot of experience being the guy for his junior team, for the Moose Jaw Warriors. And Anderson doesn't have that experience because Anderson was in the top six of a professional team for Lunda in the SHL, which is ironically where Henrik Lundqvist came from. So it is a little surprising that Howden was the guy selected to be the 4C. Like Mike has brought up, I, I don't know. Is it because... Nieves got injured. I mean, you can't say Howden didn't earn the spot. It would, and I the think Rangers Howden still has I, this spot, even if Boo didn't get hurt, just because he he was he was probably the the most pleasant surprise in many ways at Traverse City. Right, he was the guy who, you know, we looked and you know Meskinen certainly looked really good, but and Hedel looked you know kind of here and there. Anderson looked pretty solid, but Howden really kind of emerges like, oh, we really do want to keep an eye on this guy. And I think you and I talked a lot about. You know, over the off season, you know, of course we had we were drooling about you know Joey Keane kind of moving up, uh, moving up what people think he could be in terms of his ceiling, but Howden, you know, went from being, you know, another another kind of quality prospect that came back in that big McDonough Miller trade to, you know, how many center prospects do we have because he's the third most interesting center prospect and therefore. He kind of got overlooked because all the discussions about Hedl and Anderson and then all of a sudden you get to feeling like this kid is pretty good and getting to see him in action, it's it's been really, really encouraging to see that he's exactly where we'd want him to be, if not even, I would say, almost a little bit ahead. Like to have him make this roster, even as the 4C, is a great sign. And I really, really liked his game. I think, you know, he's... He's there's a lot that needs polishing in his game, but overall he's a really good little two way center to me, and I, I like what what the Rangers have in him. We we were kind of debating whether or not Anderson would be more suited or excuse me better served as the four C in the NHL or the one C in Hartford, and there are certainly arguments to be made for both sides, right? You think that him getting actual NHL experience is better even if he's on the fourth line. You think that uh, Anderson may be getting the one C minutes and being the guy in Hartford is better, and those are kind of the two sides of the argument. And I've never really been under the thought process of, I don't think if, and and they kind of reference this when they discuss the decision that they made, those minutes aren't there for the fourth line center. And Howden is going to be really lucky if he's playing 12 minutes a night, and that's not a place for a guy like Anderson to develop. So the Rangers are prioritizing his development. They should be prioritizing his development. If anything, I actually think that the Rangers are doing 
a little bit of a service to Howden because Howden has so much experience being the guy that this is kind of an opportunity to, for him to round out both sides of his game. And maybe we get a little bit of pop of offense, and it doesn't look like the Rangers are going to be playing McLeod all that much. He's, as far as I'm concerned, the 13th forward, and until that changes, that's the way that we need to look at it because Lettieri made the team as well, and when Matt Bileski comes back, I really do think it's McLeod. Not Letary that is uh, is on the chopping block, and maybe that's me being overly optimistic. But I, worry I, that I, I just think Howden. Yeah, but I I, it could one hundred percent be. But, but you know what the thing is, Bolesky. We used to play this game when Vigneault was the coach. Bolesky very clearly got the message that if he wants to make the New York Rangers, he's got to be the tough guy that Quinn is looking for, and. He fought twice, and actually the second time he fought is what got him hurt in the first place. He was throwing the body. He was making hits. He was getting into the scrums. And if Quinn looks at that and says, okay, that's what we're looking for, and he's clearly a better player than Cloud is. Yeah, it's not even close. Then that's maybe what the decision is because let's be honest too. We've had a lot of, hey, we don't really know what Quinn is going to bring to the table conversations. This lineup Outside of McLeod, you could not ask for a better lineup from the Rangers' decisions. You have Hedl, Howden, and Lettieri as the kids who made the team. And those were really the only spots that were on the docket. There were no other spots open. And they didn't go after Anderson. They made the right decision with Anderson. Both Pionk and D'Angelo were here. Georgiev is here. There were decisions that could have been made that I think you and I would have looked at and said, wow, that's really disappointing. And it didn't happen. Yeah, I am. Now, let's yeah, it's, I think go ahead. It's, it's an important thing. I know Jack McKenna uh, for Banter wrote an article about how the opening night roster is disappointing. And I think it's I think it's really only disappointing if you go back and look at like what we were worried might happen when we saw McLeod resign and when the McQuaid trade happened. But because both of those things happened, it's it would have been remarkable for either of them not to be here right now. Um, you know, it, the fact that the Rangers did sign McLeod even just for the one-year deal at, you know, 650k or whatever the hell the minimum is or what, I don't even remember what he signed for. Um, oh, 750K, my bad. Um, but, you know, they signed him and, you know, they traded for McQuaid. And, you know, McQuaid has obviously a 2.75 million contract and plays the right side. And it's, it was even just in like preseason, you, you got the feeling that for whatever reason, McQuaid was going to be on this team. And, you know, I, I do understand where Jack was coming from with this piece, but I think there's enough youth here where it still feels pretty good that there's enough young guys. I mean, Philip Hedl is here. We talked about how uh, Lettieri is a younger guy. Um, and like I said before, Jimmy Vesey was really bad, but he wasn't not going to make the team. And, you know, we talked a lot about D'Angelo and Pionk and how important this training camp and preseason was for them, and they're both still here. So it is encouraging there's, I think there's enough kids. I, much like Jack, I think I would be a lot happier if there was one or two kids here because it would feel a little bit more like we're developing the kids at the NHL level. Um, but I have a feeling that story will change come deadline time when it's time to, you know, kind of 
shit or get off the pot with Kevin Hayes and Matt Zuccarello and and even Adam McQuaid, you know, figuring out who you can move and what you can get for them, and that will but, open. But it up. also it does it, it kind of depends on the way that the lineup is actually put out. You know what I mean? I don't know what the Rangers stall was going to make the team one way or another. And that's just the reality. He wasn't going to get sent down to Hartford. I don't know if they're going to keep him in the press box. And again, that's my speculation. Then who cares what they do with him? The Rangers don't need the cap space. So maybe McQuaid, I I think McQuaid is going to be in the opening night lineup regardless, but maybe Stahl isn't. Maybe he's going to rotate D'Angelo and Pionk until he finds somebody he likes. I think both of them should be in the long-term lineup. I think both of them were very easily some of the best defensemen that the Rangers had. And Mike referenced the fact that D'Angelo led all Rangers at even strength during the preseason. Yeah. And was it general possession or just shots for? Before the show, yeah, just individual shots for at 5-on-5. Five five, Tony D'Angelo had nine shots at 5-on-5, five five, which is pretty great. Also, Cody McLeod had seven. He was second. Cody McLeod didn't have the worst... Pre-season. Yeah, he really didn't. It's, uh, can, can we can we say yeah, that? We say Here, that before we get to the defense, yeah. I want to ask a gun to your head question. Okay. There's a gun. Put the gun down, Joe. If McLeod is forced into the lineup in the opening night, yeah, who would you pick as the winger to sit based on preseason performances only? If McLeod is forced in, who's the winger to sit? If it's me, I would sit Jimmy VC to rattle his cage. Yeah, so would I, and I think that's really surprising. We talked about this a lot last year. There was no better time than this summer to trade Jimmy Vesey. His stock wasn't higher, couldn't have been higher. People think, the Rangers, I think, think that Vesey is more than he is. I like Jimmy Vesey. I don't think Jimmy Vesey is a bad player. He's a 25-year-old guy that's going to give you 15 to 20 goals and maybe 30 to 35 points. That's exactly what he is. He's going to play on your third line. He's going to play on your third line. He might give you a couple of goals in the playoffs. He is not a good possession player. He does not create He's his own offense. He's not even really that great of a depth player. There are better, like Jesper Fast puts up as much, if not more, offense than him mm-hmm. and is three times the player in his own zone. Completely agree. That's my I issue. Completely agree. And I don't think David Quinn is going to change that because he's a college coach. It's just not how this works. So to me, just based off preseason alone, it's VC. And right behind VC, it's Nemestikov because he was just as dreadful. And Quinn if talked about the fact that, that both of them goal. needed the goals yeah, that they got. He didn't score that. Yeah, well, who, well, here's the thing. Nemestik, but Nemestikov is different in that there is at least a defensive side of Nemestikov that is useful. And you're not getting that with VC. And this isn't the shit on Jimmy VC hour, I promise. It's just that Nemestikov is a, a polished two-way player. VC is not. VC is an offensive gun, and that's all he is. Yeah, he's the, he's so if he's not scoring goals, the one-timer guy. He's he's not the guy who he, makes. If he's offense. not scoring goals, he's a detriment in his own end more often than not. Nemestikov, you can throw on the fourth. I would be not surprised at all if Nemestikov was the Rangers' fourth line center at some point. Yeah, neither would I. And they move Howden up to the third line. That would not surprise me at all. Surprise me either. It would be now. The only reason I don't think that's happening opening night or at least regularly, is because if that was the plan, I think Anderson would be here. But maybe not. Maybe the Rangers want Anderson to be the guy, and they don't want him playing bottom C minutes. Yeah, maybe. My mic catches a lot. Yeah. 
I don't know if it here. My I daughter hear, is taking a I bath, and she is thrilled. She well, loves it's, this. Is it's her it's new thing? She just screams when she's excited. I did look it up, by the way, Joe. Um, Tony D'Angelo, um, among the Rangers who played at least three games in the preseason, in Corsi four percentage, it's Mika Zibanejad fifty nine point one five at five on five, and ADA had fifty seven point six nine. So. He, he he was great, and I got yeah. into a couple of me and Rick Carpinello, who is from the Athletic. We we had a, a gentleman's disagreement. Gentleman. I, I just think he's he was a better defenseman than Pionk was. And there's this this just atmosphere around Pionk that, based off of last year's 28 games, this is the new next big thing. And D'Angelo's always had the higher ceiling. Yeah, there's there's more to grow with him than there is with Pionk, and I like Pionk a lot. Yeah, I feel the same. I way. just think you need to be realistic about who the players are. D'Angelo has a chance, and it may be smaller now than it was when he was drafted. He has the chance to be a Keith Yandel. Yeah, the, I don't think that's an unfair comparison to his skill set. D'Angelo is the guy. Now, I'm not saying he's going to get yeah. there. I'm just saying he has the ceiling to get there. He could get there, and people wouldn't look at him and be like, "Wow, that's surprising." Yeah, D'Angelo is the guy you, you want to is the guy you're often searching for on your defense. He's the puck moving defenseman who can be a power play quarterback. He's a he's the sort of guy a lot of teams would pay a lot of money for in free agency if he was a little further along in his development. But you know what's great about that? He wasn't even necessarily just that guy in the preseason. D'Angelo was starting rushes. Yeah. From his own zone. He was doing spring breakout passes. He was rushing into the zone himself. He legitimately did look like a player who kind of had that monkey off his back and had the ability to go do what he wanted. And again, I'm not saying Pionk is a bad hockey player. No, 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 no. Just Pionk doesn't have that ceiling. And that's okay. That's yeah, totally he can still okay. He be a great player without having that tool set. Like... I mean, D'Angelo was a guy who, what, two years ago? Well, really three years ago at this point, put up 43 points in 69 AHL games. I know that the, the offense wasn't there this year for the Rangers. He had eight points in 32 games. He only had 13 points in 29 AHL games. There were some issues, I think, mentally, honestly. He had the incident where he was going after people, uh, the Rangers fans on Twitter. I don't think he wanted to be in Hartford. I think it was kind of that lost cause, oh, my God, what's happening to me. Look in his eyes. Right. He didn't get a, a great shake in the NHL. And when he finally did get that shake because it was forced on him because of the injuries, he got hurt. That's right. And when he got hurt, he was playing really good hockey. So I, I D'Angelo is my biggest defensive riser under Quinn. I still think Buchnevich is going to take the cake. I think D'Angelo and Hayes are going to be right behind him. And I'm not telling you that D'Angelo is going to have 40 points this year. But I am telling you that if the Rangers can cultivate something in D'Angelo, they have a very special defenseman. And he's 22 years old. Shattenkirk is not going to be here in three years. Maybe he'll resign, but maybe not. So if D'Angelo's 25 and the Rangers have a mini Keith Yandel, that's a really great thing to shoot for. And again, I'm not saying he's going to be that player, but you have to take the chance. Mm. You can't not take the chance. No, I agree, and I feel like that's why I remember, you know, looking for banter. I was taking a look at that battle specifically for the third pair, and one of the things that stood out to me is the fact that Pionk is eligible to, you know, he, he can go through waivers. He doesn't have to go through waivers if he's demoted. D'Angelo does, and that, that adds this kind of little exclamation mark next to him. Of course, it is very like, you know, oh, you know, it's ridiculous, Mike. That's not, good. That's not what's going to happen, but here we are. 
right after preseason. The Rangers have eight D on the roster. Uh, Pionk, of all the guys who are on the team now, Pionk is, you know, the only one who can go through waivers and be waivers exempt. And, you know, that means Clayson and McQuaid and, you know, obviously D'Angelo all have to go through. And of all those guys, it's really obvious the one who the Rangers can least afford to just lose on the waiver wire. It's D'Angelo by a country mile. So it was something. I don't even know. Clayson would probably, Clayson would probably get claimed. Stahl wouldn't for obvious reasons. I'm sure McQuaid would get claimed. I'm sure. Yeah. But again, I don't think he's, I don't think he's here to not play, but yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about the prospect of this upcoming season with this lineup, because there's really no outside of McLeod Mm -hmm. and McQuaid, but only from the sense of blocking off both Pionk and D'Angelo from getting a spot. There's no major minefield. And one of Pionk and D'Angelo has to play every night. I don't think that's something that we shouldn't be expecting. So there's a lot to unpack here. I thought the Rangers, I think the Rangers have a good developing lineup. I really do. You still have Buchnevich, Heedle. You have a new look, Kevin Hayes. Howden for however long he's going to be here. Lettieri, I guess you could consider VC in this category. Zibanejad and Zuccarello. And I'm not even including like Nemestikov and Kreider. And I guess I really shouldn't include Zuccarello in there. But, you know, those are kids who are going to be part of the core for a long time. D'Angelo, Pionk, Shea, Smith, maybe. He played really well, too. There's just... There's a lot of good going on here, and there's definitely some minefields, and there's definitely some things that we're going to talk about, and we're going to go back, and we're going to say, well, we were wrong about this. We were wrong about that. Quinn definitely likes McQuaid more than we thought we were going to. He wants to get McLeod into the lineup. If we're talking about that, there are problems. But again, it's a rebuilding year, even if there are problems. I think the Rangers have a pretty good group on the ice, because wherever the problem comes, there's going to be other guys to be excited about. And we are getting that that coaching developing aspect. You've seen a lot of guys talk about the fact that they like the new vibe in the room. They're happy with the way things are going. You can see this kind of fresh start mentality that Quinn has brought about, which it, it should be mentioned, Vigneault kind of brought about too because the, the final year of the Tortorella era was so, just so oppressive. But I'm excited about what this year is going to bring, even knowing the Rangers are not going to be that good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just, fun. The re- rebuild it's is an fun. exciting time. It's, it's fun to see what these kids can do. We get we get a real honest rookie campaign from Heedle. You know, we get to have this kind of preview about what Howden can be. And, you know, I think the real thing to focus on is, is what happens with this defense, right? Because, you know, I was listening to, you know, to uh, Wyshynski and Lozo, and, you know, they're doing their over and unders. And the Rangers are... You know, they're at first, you know, they're like, oh, are the Rangers going to finish with fewer points than the Islanders? And, you know, they, they weren't sure about that. But, like, the Rangers forwards are really fun, but the defense is where everything kind of goes pear-shaped, right? And that's why I really hope what we see is, as the year goes along, we see these younger guys get a bigger and bigger role. And Quinn appreciate and understand that he can use this as... A truly developmental year for these guys. It's it, you know, and that means not necessarily third pair of minutes. That means testing D'Angelo more even strength. That means you know letting Pionk 
have kind of a shutdown role away from Mark Stahl, if at all possible. And that's what I'm really kind of looking forward to is what happens with this blue line. And obviously the biggest part of that, I'm sure for really realistically, the biggest part of that equation for the future is Brady Shea and how he kind of responds to what we can all really comfortably say was a bad sophomore season. And, you know, he got the contract still. Um, he might have cost himself a lot of money with his bad year, or the Rangers may have, you know, there's a chance they gave him too much money. But I'm more optimistic than pessimistic on Shea, and I think this is a really important year to keep a close eye on him, uh, but also to really keep a lot of things in context, particularly who his partners are and, you know, what the quality of competition he's being asked to play against is. Because if he's being thrown out to the Wolves, like he was, you know, last season after the deadline and everything. It's, it, I don't think it's going to be more of the same, but it's going to be, it's going to be a tough year for Brady Shea. It, it might be a tough year for Brady Shea. It may be a year where he kind of comes into his own. And I don't necessarily mean that from the standpoint of him carrying the Rangers to a playoff berth, but him, again, flexing his muscles as the guy, which he has not been in, in the limited opportunities that he's had in that role. And I'm really thinking about the playoff series against Ottawa and Montreal. Mm. He was a very, he was the defenseman for the Rangers in a lot of respects. So I'm not saying you're going to get that guy all year, but I am saying that guy's in there somewhere. And the Rangers need him to be in there when they start contending again. Um, final point on this, Mike, yeah. no surprise at all about Georgiev, right? No, not at all. It was... I think it was kind of up for debate between him and Tukarski for, for a hot minute there, just because Tukarski didn't have a really bad appearance, and Georgiev had allowed a couple of softies, and that was like, oh, well, crap. Um, but in that last preseason game, you know, Tukarski also addressed, but after two periods, uh, Georgiev was pitching a shutout, and Quinn stuck with him, and that was kind of, that was all she wrote. Like, that was when we knew... You know, we got to see him kind of show little flashes of the goaltender we saw last year. And, you know, I wrote I wrote about how what he did last year was not just a case of uh, how good he was in the NHL. Like, after the new year began in the AHL, he was, um, I think he was like a 930 save uh, in for the Wolfpack in addition to the, good, the great numbers he put up with the Rangers. And he showed us what we wanted to see. And... I think that's, you know, that's another thing when we talk about having youth here. Having Georgiev instead of Tukarski uh, is really good. Um, it's a good thing for not just the present or not just like the rebuild, but also for, you know, specifically someone we could develop and potentially, you know, help keep Hank from, you know, turning into a pile of dust or whatever the hell is going to happen with him. And more importantly is really getting a better idea of what exactly he, he is um, to determine if he's maybe more than just that bridge uh, between Lundqvist and obviously Prince Igor. So I'm, I'm very happy he's there. He was the right goalie. At the end, it wasn't even close. But early on there, Joe, was a little, little, little up, up in the air. I still have a feeling we're going to see Tokarski in the NHL. Uh, if Georgiev is really the goalie of the future for the Rangers, I'm not sure that him being the backup is the best thing in the world, right? And obviously we have Shostyorkin over in Russia who's going to be coming over this summer, you would presume. But 
it, it, to me, it, it kind of makes sense to have Georgiev kind of float between the AHL and the NHL. Let him get his starts in the AHL. Make sure he gets 20 or so starts down there. Make sure he's the guy to get the starts at the NHL level because you can call Tukarski up and down. Who cares? Doesn't matter to Tukarski. He could do whatever he has to do. And you're not going to get any more development out of him at 29 years old. So I just think that's a possibility that we may see. But Georgiev, hands down, is the goalie for this for the future as of right now. Uh, there's some, you know, I, I don't want to say floating rumors, but who knows with a, uh, how Shostyorkin is going to kind of come over to the NHL. Hopefully he's just as good as he's been in the KHL. But there's no reason not to see what you have in Georgiev. And Tukarski is, I guess, the more traditional backup in that he's 29 and he'll do anything to stay there and you know Steve Valiquette used to talk about all the things that he would do on Lundqvist's starting game days to make sure that he was comfortable and Tukarski's probably a better guy at doing that because he wants to stay in the NHL but I like the hunger behind Georgiev and Hank plays better with competition so again no no shock there whatsoever now let's get to the bombshell bombshell Leah Anderson sent to the AHL Thoughts, Michael? Um, I would say it's unfortunate for Leas Anderson in terms of he really, you know, I think he had a good preseason. I think I wrote, um, you know, that he had an exceptional preseason performance, and a lot of that obviously was weighed on his two-goal game, um, you know, to start the preseason off. And that was, that was really great to see him do that. Uh, I'm not... I'm not convinced that he, it's not like, you know, I don't feel like he was robbed of something. Um, and I'm really, I feel pretty good about the fact that he's where he needs to be to have the best chance at kind of developing this year. Because you and I had already kind of talked about this, right? The idea of, it's it's not at all a bad thing that he'll be playing, you know, 18 minutes or whatever the hell a night in Hartford as opposed to you know, maybe 13, 14 minutes in the NHL, uh, depending on, again, it's very, very hard, even from, you know, our sample size of the preseason to to tell what what exactly Quinn views his fourth line as and how he deploys his players. Um, I, again, it's, it's, it's weird to put too much weight on the preseason in regards to anything, especially in terms of evaluating a new coach. But yeah, I I feel a little bummed for Anderson. Um, I feel like he did a lot of a lot of the things he was supposed to do, and he's not here. But that is not. I don't think that's something that we should count as a strike against him. It is not his fault. In other words, that he's not here. It's you know it, it it's this might sound weird, Joe, but I think you know what I what I mean when I say this. It's not his fault that Philip Heedle has turned out to be such an amazing pick and is. And kind of leapfrogged him in terms of of what he can be. Like I don't think Anderson's like projection or his ceiling or his stock has gone down from what it was when the Rangers drafted him. They had a very clear idea of what they wanted in that pick, in that prospect, and he's still very, very much on the right path, on the right track to being that guy, wouldn't you say? 
this is why I was so against all the jokes about Anderson this summer, and I'm, I feel like I warned everybody about that on the podcast at some point over the summer, that we're making jokes about it. People are making jokes that Anderson's a bust and that he's only going to be a 60-point player, and we're making up his ceiling, and we're putting a ceiling on him, and he's 18 or 19, and we've never even seen what he's done in the NHL yet. And people read that stuff, and they go, oh my god, Anderson's going to be such a great player. And then he comes out and he doesn't make the team, and everybody's like, well, wait, what the fuck happened? Nothing happened. He's 19. He's not, nobody ever thought Anderson was going to be this game-breaking point-per-game player. The Rangers can tell you whatever they want when they drafted him. He's not that player. At the moment they were both drafted, the minute the first round ended in 2020, 2020, Jesus Christ, 2017, Filipito was the better prospect from the standpoint of ceiling and elite skill. Anderson was the more polished prospect. Hedl was the better prospect. So this is not a surprise. Hedl making the team is great. And I feel like it's kind of shitty for Hedl that it's sort of taking away from the fact that he made the team. Because Hedl had a monster preseason. He was absolutely dominant in the games he played in. I, I don't want to throw too much at the kid. I wouldn't be shocked if he had 45 points this year. I really wouldn't oh. be. I'm not saying he will. I'm just saying I wouldn't be shocked if he, if he did. He could have 20 points. I have no idea. But he's so dynamic with the puck, even at 19 years old. There were moments where he was the best player on the ice. And you don't get that a lot with 19-year-olds. Hedl has always been that player. Anderson, even at his best, the very first preseason game where he scored two goals, he was great. He just wasn't – he doesn't have that explosiveness. And that's okay. It's not a knock on Anderson. It's not a knock on who he is as a player. It's not any of that. It's just the fact that they're different players. So Anderson's down in the AHL. I don't think it has anything to do with his stock. I don't think it has anything like Larry Brooks even wrote an article about how it's kind of shocking that he didn't take the chance he was given. No, it isn't because there was only one top nine center spot up and Heedle was always the better player to get that spot. I don't think Anderson at 4C would have made sense. The Rangers agreed because they didn't think they can get him the minutes. Because if they thought they could get him the minutes, it's very clear he would have been the 4C because that's what Jeff Gordon said. Yep. So there's no reason to panic. There's no reason to freak out. And there's no reason to be angry. It just is what it is. And I, unfortunately, Anderson is held back by the fact that, A, we like everybody believed for whatever reason – that Leah Sanderson was this can't-miss number one center. And the other reason is because he was taken seventh overall. And those things kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, And I will tell you that if Leah Sanderson becomes a... Fault, right? Yeah, it's just, it's not well, his fault. If, if he becomes a 55-point player in this league consistently, it's an amazing career. It's great. It's an amazing... There's no reason that he can't be another Derek Stepan. There really isn't. But... Derek Stepan isn't, say, a Claude Giroux. And Heedle could become a Claude Giroux. Yep. Anderson can't. There's no chance. Well, there's not no chance. And again, it's that's... It's not very likely. Well, it isn't very likely. But again, let him surprise us, I guess. And I'm not trying to... Again, I'm not trying to crap on the kid. He is 19. Because we haven't seen him play a full season in the NHL yeah, yet. He could. He's. I'm expecting him to be a very good player for the New York Rangers and an enormous part of their future. That's that's a great pick at seventh overall. 
Were there higher upside players available? Yes, that was always, you can always believe that. But I will absolutely defend to the death that he is not a bust because he didn't make the team out of camp. Even this team, there was one center spot up. And Hedo was always the better prospect. I mean, am I saying anything that's not true? No, you're not. And that's... That's what I think. That's what this is. If Heedle is not in the picture, Anderson's on this team, right? If if there's an injury to, I would agree with that. It's also a very sad picture. Injury to Mika or Kevin Hayes or or Heedle. I think I think Anderson's here. I even think, frankly, if if the Rangers are able to move either Spooner or Vlad, um, you know, at on the draft or. Or during you know the off season at some point that he would probably be in the lineup somewhere. Like I I think that if there was another spot, not just as a center, but a spot in the top nine, you know, to get him another kind of taste, just to get him started in the NHL, I don't see why that wouldn't happen. You know, because we all know that it happens a lot where teams like all right, well let's try him at center for a little while and. You know, letting letting you know guys trade off and figure out you know trying to determine who a center is. We saw it a little bit with J.T. Miller and Kevin Hayes earlier in his you know when he was a rookie. And yeah, I I'm not that worried, Joe. I'm just not worried about Leas Anderson. I, I it's a bummer he's not here, but the real bummer is that people are reading way too much into it and adding all this extra pressure, all this extra meaning on a job that. Like you and I talked about, you know, we had a great listener question, right, a couple of weeks ago where it's what's better, right? Leas at fourth line center in New York or Leas as first line center in the AHL? And we both agreed it's the AHL situation's better for his development. It just is. And, you know, is it, you could argue, you know, it's much, much better for him to be an NHL third line center than, you know, an AHL first line center. And I would, you know, I would agree with that, you know, with a little more context and understanding that. But, yeah, it is it is what it is. Like you said, it's musical chairs. It's not Anderson's fault that Philip Peedle is taken off like a goddamn rocket ship. It's not his fault that Kevin Hayes is still here, even though, you know, for a little while there, things were looking a little hairy. And, you know, Zabinajad's here. He has a great contract. He shouldn't go anywhere. And Brett Howden is there, and he's, he's not wasted on the fourth line uh like you could easily say anderson would be it's fine this is fine it's not anything to be nervous about it's not anything to panic about it's not anything even worth an article about and phil and adam had to write articles dispelling this nonsense of oh he's a bust because he's not a bust but hito was always the better player always the better prospect from the standpoint of high-end skill, Anderson may have a much longer career than Filippito. I hope not. I hope they both have very long, healthy, bountiful careers in New York. They go in the but Hall of Fame together, hand in hand. I hope they get their name on the Stanley Cup together as Rangers. They have a, I mean, and they're very close too. There's a couple of reports about Hedl being legitimately bummed that he's not playing with Anderson this year. And I agree with you, Mike. That's going to change. Anderson's going to be back in New York, whether it's by injury or somebody get traded at the trade deadline or whatever it may be. Anderson will be back, it's gotta be even back. if it's just for a it's little. Be back. But there is absolutely nothing to panic about. Nope. Nothing to panic Don't about. Don't worry about. It's all good. So, calm your damn nips. Calm your nips. Just calm those nips. 
and it's going to be okay. Put them on ice. Wait, nope. That would excite the nips. Uh, before we get to questions, do you have any other thoughts about the opening night? Well, I guess the current roster. Yeah. Do we want to say the opening night roster? I guess we can, right? Um. Yeah. Let's let's take a let's take a shot at it. You ready? All right. Let's do it. Let to make it easier. Sure. I like it. I'll show you how the format is and follow my format because it's the best. McLeod will be the healthy scratch for the forwards. So there you go. You got 12 forwards left. Right. So that's it. Yep. I think, see, the defense is hard. McQuaid is definitely making the team. Yeah. Shea is, Shattenkirk is, Stahl is. I'm going to say Clayson is definitely one of the scratches. Yep. And then I'm going to say D'Angelo is going to get the nod over Pionk. Ooh. Yeah, I'm actually... I feel like Clayson's the slam dunk scratch. and Yeah, I don't think that's... Um, and I, that's not hard. I would say it's... Yeah, it's... That's what she said. Oh my gosh, Joe. Ice on the nipples. It's either between Pionk or D'Angelo, and I feel like it's probably going to be Pionk that's watching the game. I th- well, Gia, just based on the preseason, I mean, D'Angelo... He was the better player. Yeah. I don't. It's not. I'm not. Now we'll both probably be wrong, and it'll be Pionk. I, I would love if Stahl sat in the press box too to start opening night. I just don't. Yeah, we're see not it talking happening. about what we would do. We're talking about what's realism. Right. What we yes. think. We're, we're we're gambling men. We're taking a gamble on what we think would happen. So that's what we think would happen. Take that, gamblers. I have a good gambling question for you, Joe. You ready for this? I'll take it. Which Rangers prospect finishes the season with more points in the NHL? Leah Anderson or Brett Howden? Oh, that's a really good question. I'm going to say... Uh, I am a, I'm going to say Howden. Oh, you monster. All right, well, I, Howden is going to... Yeah, I, I, think, I think it's going to be Howden because I kind of... Let me ask you this question. Yeah. And you kind of answered it already. If Nieves is healthy, do you still think Howden makes the team? I I would want Nieves to make the team, but I think that the Rangers front office fell in love with Howden in a big way. See, I, I would agree with you. I, I think Nieves is more suited for that role. For that. I think it would be better for Howden to be the two seed. And listen, that's another aspect too. Don't forget that if you're sending Howden and Anderson down, there's only one first-line center spot, and it's going to Anderson. Yeah. So if Howden's going to be the 2C in Hartford, he may as well be the 4C in the NHL. Mm-hmm. That is a really important distinction that I don't think we're talking about enough. Um, so, yeah, that's – I think that's important. So, yeah, I think I think Howden's going to play. I don't think the Rangers have him here until Nieves or Bolesky gets healthy and then they figure it out. I think Howden is going to be here. There's been a lot of talk about Howden. The Rangers made Howden hang out with Ranger. There's a lot of like MSG promos with Howden. They don't do that stuff for a guy that they think is getting sent down in, in a couple of weeks. The same reason why I think Chris Kreider is going to be the next captain because of all the stuff that they're doing behind the scenes. It could be an insane theory, but it's a theory nonetheless. So yeah. that's kind of where I'm at. Any other gun-to-your-head questions before we get into the non-gun-to-your-head Twitter questions? Yeah, I got, I got one more for you. All right, go ahead. I was just saying that I don't have one ready. I just want... You, you've absolutely Who finishes the podcast. season with more points, Joe? Ryan Spoons or Vlad Nemesnikov? 
Oh, Spooner. Yeah, I feel like... I'm totally backing off my 25-25. Uh, I knew it. I said... When you I'm, said I'm it, totally I was like, you, and can, can I say? Can I say something else that is absolutely not something Joe Fortunato would ever say? What's that, baby? I feel like Nemestikov looked completely uninterested wow. this preseason. He looked... He got hit more than any other Ranger, I think. I, I would... I would I'm not that oh he doesn't want to be here guy and I'm not saying that. He just Nemestikov didn't have any like jump flash or pop or anything. He was just there when I noticed him. Which for a bottom six, you know, defensive winger slash center isn't a bad thing. But that offense is there. And I don't know if it's because he went from Stanley Cup contending Tampa to bottom dweller New York, but I, I don't know. I just, I got the sense that Nemestikov was, I really hate, I don't even want to say disinterested. I just, I, I didn't notice him as much as I was expecting to notice yeah, I'm, him. The, my biggest thing with, with Nemestikov is I'm very worried that from draft day to this upcoming trade deadline, that his value on the trade market is just in a free fall um, to the point where, you know, he could have, he could have reasonably brought back, you know, a good prospect in like a second round pick based on just just based on his counting stat line from last season playing with Cooch and uh, and Stammer. Right. But now he's starting to look like he's going to be on the Rangers fourth line. And he, I don't care how fun this fourth line is. It, it's not going to help his value. It probably won't help his value. He's so. twenty five. He's the same age as you know Zabanajad. He's NVC. Yeah, NVC. So, did you answer questions with your brother? I did. You did. All right. So I'm going to skip I those. Won. Uh, no, not no. trivia. Did you answer won, like questions from Twitter? The, the bantering points questions too. I won all of that. It, but you also discussed questions. Yes, we did. That did you that not came listen from, to the okay, show? That was the question. That was the question. I usually listen to every single show. I did not listen to this one. Okay. I was crazy busy. Yeah, I'll, I'll let Connor know that. I listened to some of it. Maybe. This isn't about me, Michael. This is about the questions of the people. Tell me what the people say, Joe. I want to hear from the people. Son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. Um, all right. So, Sean. Sean. N-Y-R underscore N-Y-Y. How you spell Sean? S-H-O-N. Okay. Contemplating getting a new jersey to mark the start of the year and a new look team. Of the guys still on the team, I have Hank, Zuccarello, and Kreider. Who would you get trying to make a decision based on the long term? I know what my answer would be. My answer is the jersey that I got this past offseason, uh, Lundquist. Uh, he, he, he has Hank already. Oh, I didn't listen good then. Oh, wait, he... Are you kidding me? He has Lung... He has Hank, Zook, and Kreider. Okay, so down. what would you get? Cool your pants. I have to answer the question now. I would give you one of two answers. My absolute... Well, now I just... Oh, this is the easy choice is Buchnevich. But I think Hedl would, wouldn't be the worst choice in the world. You know what? I'm going to go out on a limb. Go ahead and get Jesper Fast. Ooh, little Jesper Fast action? No, I, just, I just wanted to say something different. Um, All right, well, that's going to be your answer. Mike wants you to get a Lindgren Brady jersey. Shea. I would say Brady Shea. Ooh, Shea's not a bad one either. I think Zibanejad... No Rangers under contract longer than Brady Shea. I think Zibanejad's a fine choice, too. Zibanejad is a fine choice. But I think Brady Shea's going to be here in a long, long time, even though he doesn't have 
a no move or no trade clause, which thank God he doesn't. But it's too bad that jerseys their prices don't fluctuate based on like the player's stock at the time, like the stock market. Because I would totally go all in on like a D'Angelo jersey. I wouldn't for like forty dollars, and then just watch the value explode. I wouldn't feel good about it. So, Buchanavich or Hedl, those are my answers. Frank Lepinto. Lepinto. Do you think the team comes out with a third jersey? Uh, Michael? I think they don't, or if they do, it's they just have the heritage. Um, I, don't, I don't mind the heritage, like the cream-colored heritage. I actually like a lot. I like the name um, of the heritage. I don't like the cream. You know, I'm kind of a, uh, a Liberty jersey truther if you will i don't really like them so you don't like liberty or freedom or any of those things uh yeah sure I have, wait oh no i just had it go ahead i had it do it and it slipped away oh yeah you had uh, a the question Rangers are not fun right they're the only nhl organization without a mascot and so they're also like really kind of picky about like the rate the redesigns on the jersey have been so slight like Oh yeah, we added strings, which I like. Yeah, which I which like. Is fine. I just, I'm just saying it's it's one way to do it, and it's fine. Um, I'm not always a big fan of how they're like uh, no non traditional media, and no one can ever have fun, um, and a bunch of other things that uh, are neither neither here nor there. But the point I'm trying to make is outside of like Ranger the puppy, it's not a fun time. So I don't think we're gonna see like a crazy red alternate jersey with like oh uh, well, what what. What are you doing to me here? What? Brett McGinnis. What if the Rangers debuted a primarily red alternate jersey? Oh, I didn't know the question. I'm sorry. Well, that's why I was trying to get to it, but you were you were on a tangent. But now you know what? This works out well. What would you what would you do? I think I would like I would it. I'm a fan of bright colors. I, I am not You're a traditionalist. Like you're earth, you're a classical like man, tones. as I like to say. I like earthy tones and earthy flavors i like umame do you know what umame is joe it's a uh, japanese noodle is it not <laughs> it's a japanese something i'm almost umame positive is, a, is it like it's sweet sour and umame is another taste a sort of taste center on your tongue and umame is earthy flavors like mushrooms and steak and red wine earthy things see that's that's very i found that very interesting because i don't like mushrooms but i do like steak you don't like mushrooms what about like i I, I really don't like mushrooms like a grilled portobello you won't fuck with a grilled portobello mushroom no i, I don't fuck with a grilled portobello i find it odd hmm. the whole flavor profile is just bizarre you never just like sit down in your yard pick up a handful of dirt and just lick it now i will say i had to go to a restaurant with a client um, a very, very fancy restaurant down by the World Trade Center. I will not tell you the name because I'm going to tell you that for how fancy this restaurant was, the food should have been way better, and it was Why bad. Why put them on blast then? What was this place? That said... Tell me after the show? I'll tell you after I'll the show. That said, they had a like mushroom mix if you will in a sage brown butter sauce that was maybe one of the best like sides i've ever eaten at a restaurant so they got pretty much everything else wrong but this one thing they got very right i have a serious question for you i will answer this question seriously what are your thoughts on mayonnaise i love mayonnaise you don't like mayonnaise Oh, I love mayonnaise. It's terrible. 
It's not terrible. You're if terrible. You could make milk from eggs, you'd get mayonnaise. Well, it's mayonnaise li- is made from it's eggs. Liquid egg. Why would you want liquid egg? That isn't like no. It's just no. You're you're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. Uh, mayonnaise is delectable. I'm not happy about this. Uh, I had mayonnaise today. I had a I turkey mayonnaise sandwich. I had mayonnaise today. So good. So good. I don't put mayonnaise on weird stuff. Like, I'm not a mayonnaise on a Krispy Kreme kind of guy, even though that's a thing, apparently. That's a thing? When was that a thing? That's a thing. It's a, I think it's a southern thing. I think a guy on the Braves did it. Jesus. That, like, I can kind of see... Oh, I can't even... I don't even know what to say. I have a friend who... It's, tr- it's awful. My friend Matt likes to take... Every summer he does this. He takes a donut... And he cuts it, you know, you put it on its side and you cut it downwards. So, like, you cut it like a bagel, you know. And then you take a cheeseburger and you put it in the donut. And then you eat that. He does it every I'm not a huge... I think it's sacrilege. I think it's... uh... I'm not a, a sweet, savory kind of guy. I need one or the other. Kettle corn is vile to me. Kettle corn, vile. Vile. Mm. Nope. Not for me. I don't like the sweet. I don't like the salty. I want one or the other. You don't like this? I'm not putting salt on my Starbursts over here. Salt on Starbursts. I haven't had Starbursts. It's insane. In a Coons age. Ah, oh, Starbursts is so good. The sour Starburst? Huh. Changed life right there. Change your life. Yeah. Not a not a sweet. I, I need it to be. I just need it to be like all together. I'm sad you don't like mushrooms. I'm going to come up and see you soon. And you're going to make me eat a mushroom? Yeah, we're going to play golf. I'm going to make you eat mushrooms. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make your daughter fall in love with me. And she's going to forget all about you. And then I'll raise your daughter. To love mushrooms. Yeah. She's going to love mushrooms and me and my cat, Franklin. I will not have it. She already has an animal, Michael. It's Stanley. And the hippo I gave her. Yes, and the hippo you have gave you her. Hippo? Hippie. Hippie. You know what his name is? It's Mr. Hippo. I mean... It's rude of you to assume his gender, but that's fine. It's the it's a perfect name, Mr. Hippo. I'm not gonna lie, I'm here for it. It's a good name. Yeah, you absolutely are. Um, happy Koneko. I feel like there would be a bunch of is Lias the bus questions. Actually, no. But also I only told people about this question today because I didn't know we were gonna end up going today, so yeah. Guess there was time for that. Good work, Jeff. Um my question is, what do you see in terms of deployment of the defense, and what will D'Angelo and Pionk's roles be this season now that they're on the team? Mm. Also, where will the team finish? Those are some heavy questions. Some heavy um, questions you know, it's an interesting dynamic because I don't – are we going to see D'Angelo and Pionk on the, the ice at the same time all that often? I'm not sure. I don't, I, I don't know what the answer to that question is going to be. Um, I would hope so. I would I would like to believe that we're going to see them together, but if we do, if they're going to share power play time, Shattenkirk is obviously going to be your number one power play defenseman. Yeah. I think D'Angelo, based on what we've seen in the preseason and just again in terms of his ceiling, is going to be the guy after that. Mm-hmm. Um, Pionk is going to be a penalty killing guy. He played a, a majority of the penalty kill minutes. And there is something to be said about the way that they were deployed this preseason that would lead you to believe that both are going to be in the opening night roster. And I hope that's the case. 
But I, I don't know. I can't see two of Stahl and Clayson and McQuaid sitting. I could see one of them sitting, and that would be uh, Clayson, because I think he's going to. But yeah, I, I don't know. How do you answer that question? Yeah, I feel like it kind of goes that saying, if McQu- if if D'Angelo's in the lineup, he's the second power play quarterback, and he maybe there's maybe even a chance he's on the same unit as Shattenkirk, but I don't think we'll see that happen, um, as they're being both righties and all that stuff. But who the hell knows uh, what sort of tactics the Rangers are going to go with this year. I feel like this is a year where you should kind of play around, right? It's it's sandbox time. Figure stuff out. Try young guys in a lot of roles. You know, it might be a good thing to learn that D'Angelo can play, excuse me, the left side on the power play point. Um, I had like a little hiccup slash burp there. You know, it's, it's a good thing to have on a podcast, Mike. It's fine. You've only violated the entire yeah. podcast. Well, I listeners covered my in their mouth years. like a dainty gentleman. But then you told us about it. Yeah, because I'm honest, Joe. I'm honest. Unlike some people who like mayonnaise named Joe. Um, and Pionk, I feel like he's going to have a really hard time escaping the notion that he's a shutdown D and that because of that, I'm really worried he's going to be stapled at the hip to Mark Stahl. And I'm a little worried that just in terms of his development, what that might mean for him, but I'm not like fretting over it. I just think he he's going to have a very hard time ending the year with good looking analytics is one way to put it. Right. But I think that's the case of every Rangers defenseman because the group as a whole is not great. Uh, they're transitioning from, you know, a man to man to a zone defense, which carries with it some adjustments, especially when there are, you know, a handful of holdovers from last season and yeah there's enough there's more than enough reasons to be a little worried about how the season's going to shake out but i i hope we get to see pionk you know show flashes of just like he obviously kind of punched above his weight in terms of point production and that's fine uh i i just want him to play solid two-way hockey i want him to be a guy who you know could end up being a second pair or third pair guy and it's fine if he's a four a fourth or fifth defenseman that would be a huge win considering he cost the rangers absolutely nothing and d'angelo i really hope forces you know quinn's hand and is in the lineup all the time i would be so so happy if he chases mcquade out of the lineup i couldn't i couldn't even put into words how happy i'd be if that was the case but that was kind of the flip side though wasn't it like everybody thought pionk was this amazing defensive defenseman and the numbers really don't support that no, at they all don't. um and a, a big part of that i think is again it's, it's so hard to evaluate him because of the context and circumstances of of what the rangers were like before just before and after the deadline last year i mean the the defense was you and i've talked about it it was just a goddamn like it was a sinking ship made out of diapers it was right it was awful Actually, that's a compliment to the defense because diapers are absorbent. Yeah, but they won't. Fl- will diaper float? <sighs> I don't know. Like that's a really good question. A soiled diaper, I would imagine, is gonna is gonna sink. But what if a clean diaper hits the water, Joe? I think it floats. It it can't. They're too absorbent. Mm-hmm. Diapers are. You have no idea how absorbent a diaper is. It's insane. Listeners, write in. Does it just? I I could tell float? you as a man 
who has changed more diapers than he cares to admit, they, oh boy, they can fill up for sure. Fill up, but do they float? They put it in the bathtub. Put I, a dirty I, diaper. I guess I'll try it. I would. You know what? I'm going to say they will. I'm going to say there's enough surface area there that they will. I, I would agree. If anybody has attempted this, now could they float enough to like support? No, 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 no. no. The necessary items of a ship. No, 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 no. no like a, a a crew and a yeah. deck, a poop deck, which is aptly named for this diaper ship, a mast and sails, and you know. All the navigation equipment. No. But, you know, it could do something. Yeah. Something like that. Josh Zarkin. Oh, we didn't answer the other question. Uh, I, I, what? Oh, where do we think the team is yeah, going to finish? I, I wanted to point this out to you when we do this. It's going to be a supercalifragilisticexpialidocious finish. So, these are the teams that finished with fewer points than the Rangers last season. Okay, Joe? Detroit, okay. 73. Montreal, 71. Ottawa, 67. Buffalo, 62. Chicago, 76. Vancouver, 73. Arizona, 70. So for those who'd like to count mm. at home, that was seven teams that finished with fewer points than the Rangers who finished with 77 last year. Mm. And here's the thing to keep in mind, folks, is it's important to judge the Rangers by who they were, I think, just before and after that deadline. Because that's the roster we have now with some improvements. Um, and, you know, the kids being a year further along. Um, but that defense is, Joe, the defense is so bad. I think the Rangers finish last in the Metropolitan. I think that it kind of goes without saying. I think the Islanders are going to have a rough time. Um, I don't think the Devils are going to be able to do what they did last year. I think Carolina is going to kind of move up the ladder. The Devils are going to move down the ladder. And the Islanders and Rangers are kind of going to be where they were. But... Ottawa is going to be a goddamn mess. How they didn't give Colorado this year's first round they pick? Did so many bad jobs. Is absolute for for to Chuck for Brady to Chuck. My God, it's just a bad job. It's bad ownership. Yeah, it's absolutely bad awful. management. Bad, bad bad ownership. Bad situation. I mean, bad bad bad. It's honestly, there's not. I mean, I think Adam brought up the point that like the Islanders lost Tavares for nothing. They signed a million fourth line players. Um, they just sent Josh Hosang down, which may I say it is just delectable when that happens to another team. It's is that what people saw when they watched the Rangers? My word. Um, and they're still in a million light years better of a situation mm. than Ottawa is. It's true. It's that is insane. True. It's insane. It's bonkers because at least the Islanders have their own. Frickin' first round pick. Frickin' frack. Josh Zarkin. After seeing plenty of teams such the as the question, Islanders. Dope. How many, where are the Rangers going to finish? Mm. Last in the Metro, you agree? No, I don't think they're going to be that so bad. Of course, then the Islanders for you? <sighs> Carolina? Yeah, because I, no, I'm going to, I think Carolina is actually going to be That's okay. I, I think it is going to be the Islanders because the Rangers at least have a competent forward. Are the group. Rangers a lottery pick team? We've done this before, but we have to answer it again. I say yes. Yeah, I think they are. Especially, I absolutely think they, they are. They might not be at deadline day, but they're going to sell. And when they sell, yeah, I, I think. And then I think they are. I mean, Dalin has to make. Is it Dalin? I think it's Dalin. I think it is Dalin. Dalin has to make Buffalo significantly better. He, he's the number one defenseman probably now yeah. for Buffalo. Buffalo's tricky. They they they, they did the O'Reilly trade. They're spooky, they got, as Mike they likes got to say. Skinner. I don't know what the hell Buffalo is, but I know they're not a great hockey team right now. Buffalo is a uh, 
Can Montreal? Who was the guy we worse? used to say we don't know what the hell he is? Nicole. I don't know. I don't remember. We've done so many of these podcasts. This is our hundred and tenth episode. I know, and you never tell me you love me. I love you. Are we gonna play golf together? I want to play golf. Yeah, but you've missed the season. It's good. I want to play golf in the snow. Um, let's get to this final question because I have some enormous news. You're, enormous you're skirting, you're news. Skirting around my guy. Why won't we play snow golf? Yes, we can play golf. Enormous news. Uh, mini golf. Teach me how to putt. Hold me from behind and teach me how to putt. Just sh- slowly show you the proper motion. Yeah, it'll be like that scene from that ghost movie with Demi Moore and Swayze. Anyway, <laughs> now that that's out of the way, Josh Zarkin, after seeing plenty of teams such as the Islanders ruin players due to poor player development, you would think the fan base would be excited that Gordon is taking the right approach with Leas Anderson. How do you project him doing in the AHL? Hmm. Michael? How do we expect him to do? I, you know what? Let me tell you this. If Anderson plays 82 games in the AHL. AHLs. I think anything other than 50 points would be a little bit of a disappointment. Well, because yeah. Um, Anderson is coming from – this is not a kid who's coming from juniors. This is a kid that's coming from the SHL, well, which in a lot of respects is the second best league in the world. Uh, S- uh, you, you're going to say the KHL? I was KHL was going to be like my – you know, other than the KHL. Yeah. I don't know. It's up for debate. But, the KHL is also. But if you're gonna league. you're gonna come in here hot, you're gonna come in here with a goddamn attitude. I mean to come in with an attitude. I love you. I'll just I'll rethink my thought process. Don't do this. And just don't do this to us. Just hate myself Think about, about it. About Kayla. Is that what you want? She's not here. She's in the other room. Blessedly quiet. Call it the third. Whatever it is, the third bet. It's a men's league. Can we can we at least agree on that? It is a league of men. Yeah, but that doesn't have anything to do with it. It's a pro. All right, so it's a league of men. I mean, I I just, I I think there's a lot. You can expect more out of Leah Sanderson. Let's start here, okay? The the guy who led the AHL in scoring last year was Chris Terry. Uh, Who in the hell is that? He played for Laval Rocket. Uh, He had 71 points in 62 games. All right, so Oof. that's what we're talking about in terms of... Now, did he lead in raw points, or raw, is that points per raw game? Raw points. Really? There wasn't a point-per-game player in the AHL last year? Doesn't appear to be. Well, I guess he is. Right, I, yeah, I meant to he, say, he, like, 80... Yeah, he eclipsed that. There were a couple guys who were point-per-game players, but don't forget, a lot of guys get like, called up when they're really good. For, exa- sure. for example, Daniel Sprung, that is the way that this works. Uh, 65 points, 65 games... Like, do we want to see from Leah Anderson, like, Daniel Sprong sort of production? Or, like, uh, Mason Appleton sort of production? I don't think we need to see that for him to be good. Like, or to be content with what we see. I just think, like you said, I think I would want to see him eclipse 50 points, though. I think that kind of is... Yeah, really, I, don't, I don't think that's a ridiculous a really ask. reasonable ask. Um, last season, Cole Schneider... Uh, who played with the Rangers this preseason, led the Wolfpack in points with 50 and 76. Um, you know, Letieri probably would have led the team, but again, he played 55 games uh, because he got call-ups and all that shit. And Heedle would have definitely led the team. He had 31 points in 46 games. So he was a better point-per-game player than Cole Schneider. I also don't want people to forget that if Anderson is going to be the 1C, there's actual talent in Hartford now. 
Meskinen and Lindquist are immediate upgrades oh, over whatever nice. the Rangers yeah. had down there. It's funny. I was actually looking at when we were talking about the D. I was taking a look at what you know what the Wolfpack's D looks like now, right? And the D that are in the Wolfpack right now are Ryan Lindgren, Rob O'Gara, Chris Begris or Bigris, as uh, he was his name was being pronounced on MSG, Libor Hayek, Brandon. Crawley is 21. I don't know if is he. I think he's in Hartford. Yeah. Vince Pedri is 24, and Sean Day, and John Gilmore. So yeah, there's a lot. There's talent down yeah, there it's, now. It's, all uh, of a sudden, and you know, there's Tim Geninger. Who I like Tim Geninger. He's yeah, me too. I thought he was he's good. A podcast favorite. I'm saying it. Podcast hero. So yeah, I, I just I, I if if Anderson's not putting up 50 points in again 82 games, whatever that works out to if he only plays in 50 games and he has 30 points that's not i'm not talking about it like that but i do have those expectations because he is going to be playing with high level talent 14 points in 25 games last year elias so 0.56 points per game he took he's pretty he was pretty much there anyway and so i would like 50 seems like a really reasonable ask here yeah, it actually may even be too small. It might be, yeah, it might be too too so, modest. Like, let's say, let's go ahead and say fifty-four points, Joe. Fifty. I'm gonna say fifty-five points. Fifty-four or bust. No, I'm kidding. Please don't do that. Um, for the love of God. Yes, sir. Alex Gardner, Alexander Ricard, Armael Kistner, Andre Shikagov, Anthony Viola, Arch Williams, Bob Kawa, Chris B, Chris Bob Habibi. Kawa. Don't love that they're right next to each other. Bob Kawa, hey, big congratulations. He got married yeah, congrats, this past Bob weekend. Kawa, that's awesome. Yeah. I don't know. He's probably honeymooning, not listening well, to yeah, this. But... You know, maybe uh maybe Joe and I can celebrate your your marriage by playing a round of golf together. With him? No. He lives in upstate New you York. Have to be involved, you and me. Well now now it's we'll weird because pictures. he heard us talking we'll about it. Pictures. But he didn't invite us to his no, wedding, so You also didn't finish your glove for the glove challenge. That's a thing. Your glove stares at me every day. I'm looking at it right now. How many months it's has just it been since looking... the glove challenge? You've let the people down. Uh, it's only been since, really, August. So, yeah. Free McQuaid trade. Dan Carosi, Daniel DeGen, Danny Santiago, David L. Singer, Eric Cohn, Fancy Lawrence, Gabriel Vargas, Sky from Montana, Gabriel 50, Vargas. Igor Zatlovsky, James Dangles, Grumpy Smokey, John J. Porter, John Reppy, Johnny Alo, John Keith Reppy. Franchillo, Matt Bader, Michael Silvers, Mike Offit, Robert Courtney, Stink Fleeman, Tall Guy, Robert, Thomas Osa, Trevor Kempner, Zachary Zetlin. Those are some hockey names. They donated. If you didn't donate, they're better Seriously, than Seriously, though, thank you for the Yes, thank you all for donating. It's why the show yeah. sounds so good. We're on Spreaker. Lots of nice, we fun things. Enough. It really does help. It keeps... it. It helps us set time aside to do the show. It makes the show possible. It makes the show sound better. If you can help out with our Patreon, it's a tremendous help. And I know, you know, it's it's going to be, I think, I would like to think that we're going to have so much to talk about this year, Joe, with the rebuild and everything. And the season is finally, finally here. But uh, if you can, you know somebody, spread the word about the podcast. It does help us out a lot. Leave us a review. Do all those nice things. And we'll try and I'll try and make Joe talk about more food. My food opinions are way better than yours. That's bullshit. You're a bad person. It's not. I love pickles and mayonnaise. What do you feed your baby? Well, she eats a variety of things. Does she eat? Baby food, milk, yogurt, You can't eat milk. Formula. Drink milk, Joe. Okay, you know what? That's the end of that conversation. (laughs) 
Are you ready for my big news? Oh, what's your big news? I have big news. Too. It's our big news, buddy. It's your and my big what news. When you listen to this tomorrow, yeah. there's a group of people who like it, this is show is going to go up on iTunes tonight. Tonight being Monday, ten one. There will be a series, like a shitload of listeners happen overnight and tomorrow morning before I get into work. I assume they listen on the commute. By the time I get into work, yeah, we will have recorded our millionth listener of all time. I don't like it. It's too many people. I quit. Our one millionth listener. Well, it's fine. Quit. I have the million now. I don't need you. Thank you, everybody. So thank you. Seriously, thank you to everybody who supports us, um, has supported us, continue to support us. It goes a very long way. There is a reason why we continue to do the show. It's because you guys keep listening to it. So this is a number that I did not think we were going to hit on 110 shows, but we did, and we're here. I just want time with my friend. That's all I want. So All the accolades, the numbers, that doesn't matter to me. It matters to you, apparently. Keith Urban sings a wonderful song. You sing a wonderful song. And it's... it don't mean nothing without you. Don't mean nothing without you, Michael. Oh. I love you, Joe. I'm talking, of course, about Michael Silvers. Thank you, Michael Silvers. Son of a bitch. All right, everybody. Uh, thank you all for uh, uh, listening to it. My news is by the time the show goes, I love that little disappointed sound you made. You were finally like, oh, well, it's over, but no. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's over. Shana Goldman from Blue Shirt Banner 9. Oh, shit. I apologize. I meant to bring this up. <laughs> we have... It, I'm a bad friend. Okay. Let me introduce you this by okay. just saying Mike and Shayna put in an enormous amount of work into what he's about to tell you. And if you do not support this endeavor, you are dead to me. Unlike the people who don't support the patron are the most dead, then you're the next tier of dead. Wow. That's twice the dead. Go ahead, Mike. Um, that's like uh, you came back from the dead and you got dead again. It's zombie dead. Um, yeah, Shayna and I have created a website. It's called BehindTheBenches.com, and the idea for it is to be an, a public resource, so for fans and members of the media who have always, who've ever wondered, what the hell does that coach do? Uh, we go back to 2010-2011 season in the NHL. We plan on adding some other leagues, including the AHL, Women's Hockey Leagues, um, hopefully maybe even like the NCAA, you know, the SHL, who the hell knows. But we have every team's coaches and their specific role so who's in charge of the anaheim ducks power play in 2008 2009 we have it there for you and yeah it's been an ungodly amount of work um we're really excited and you can find it find it at at behindthebenches.com and that's it so go visit it it. we're probably gonna make a patreon at some point but we're yeah i think we did make one we're not organized yet we're working on that. I'm going to help them organize. They've included me. They've made me chairman slash chief executive yeah, officer. You're, you're chief consultant chairman wizard. Chief executive officer. I now own the website. It's crazy how fast that happened. Yeah. Mike signed all the paperwork without even remotely it. reading it. It was crazy. So I was hoping to get more money because it took up so much time. But Joe just gave me an offer of do this or I'm not your friend anymore. And then I said, what? And he said, I'll get Michael Silvers on the show. And I, and I said, oh, and then now he owns everything. Well, that's the way that it goes. At least I'm going to get to the way that she rolls. That'll be fun. I'm a whale. <laughs>